Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Today we discuss more about SEO, especially about the future of SEO. What kind of future will bring? Because uh, we often get uh, such questions about SEO, especially uh, is SEO a debt or something like this? So I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jordan Cooney. How are you? Hey, Anatoly, doing great. I'm uh, excited about talking about the future of SEO. Let's dive in. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I check out your profile. You have extended experience about this topic. So, yeah, uh, I want to learn more about that. And uh, before we start, just tell more about uh, yourself, about your background, experience, and why you decided to pay more attention with SEO. Sure, yeah. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I've been in the SEO space for quite a while. Um, I spent uh, notable notable years, were, were almost five years at eBay as uh, the head of SEO and content development. Um, and then after that, I was a CEO of Search Metrics, so a, a data and software platform that probably many of your listeners are familiar with. But the reality is I got started in SEO in 2001. I built a Spanish bookstore, and that Spanish bookstore got a ton of recognition and notoriety because it outranked Amazon for everything. And back then, Amazon only sold books. Um, now you can like buy a kidney on Amazon. I think. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's uh, that's what really got me started was this this bilingual Spanish bookstore that that I started up from the ground up. Nice, nice. I think, you know, um, it's the most common question. How to trend Wikipedia, Amazon and other websites. Can you share some secrets? Uh, how today, today, uh, it's not uh, yesterday. Today, is it possible to outrank big websites uh, with limited resources because we know about their authority, trust and many other things why Google are deciding uh, yeah, to sh- uh, share this content? What do you think about that? I, that's a great question, Anatoly. I think one of the things that's interesting about trying to outrank um, huge authority type content like like Wikipedia pages or WebMD content, I've got some experience trying to get into that medical space, is it's almost better to try to partner than to outrank. And what I mean by that is, you know, Wikipedia, you for, for many of their queries, you're going to get a whole knowledge graph element. But now the knowledge graph has a ton of different placements, sublinks, sub-references. Uh, even now, you know, funny thing, and for news, uh, Google just in the beginning of this month released this fact check uh, product where they can you can fact check a news article uh, as well. You can in the about this search see what other news articles are referenced about a particular page. So it's almost like association is more important than outranking. And the reality is that for many of these publications like like Wikipedia and other big authority sites, they're not necessarily getting the click. And so if you're optimizing for strong H1s and titles, you might end up with a click uh, over the rank position. And so that's that's mm-hmm. an interesting uh, tactic that might be more useful than saying, okay, can I beat Wikipedia? Yeah, you remind me, uh, once I got a client and uh, that was, uh, the niche was uh, about weight loss supplements, uh, very competitive, you know, especially yeah. in the US. And he asked me if you can provide results for a month I will share a big contract with you. And I told my team, I know it's impossible. <laughs> Anything is possible, but it's very, very hard. So when we decided to discover the website, luckily he had, he had traffic around 100K 
month, not bad, you know, yeah, a big traffic. So we analyzed and we found that all uh, titles and descriptions uh, were written for the sake of having them, you know. <laughs> so we decided to rewrite them and just to increase CTR, you know, click-through rate and uh, in, uh, the traffic was increased two times. It's not that we can uh, do with any other clients, but at that case, yeah, that was luck, you know, <laughs> to, get, to get such thing. And we cooperated with this client uh, for over two years and oh, wow. um, yeah yeah not bad a big contract because he paid 40 percent of all my clients you know <laughs> and uh, but uh, medical update hit him <laughs> yeah, yeah it's interesting to know uh, uh, from your experience how to consider today this your money your life the parameter it and any other stuff that might hit websites like uh, health uh, or uh, finance or something like this and why it's important even for any niches to consider that yeah that's a really great question and and something that you know i think a lot of folks uh forget about which is you know that google is going to be constantly evaluating the quality um, they're going to be constantly utilizing both EAT metrics as well as YMYL metrics to, to determine whether you have quality content. I think one of the interesting things is we're kind of past the era of like Google coming down with these like massive penalties and like, you know, sending these notifications and being like, you've been officially penalized, you know, here is your, here's your, here's your traffic ticket and the police, you know, you can show up in court if you'd like with this, mm -hmm. with this penalty that I think those days are gone. What's mm -hmm. more interesting is that today what we're seeing is a, 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 a set of signals around how Google's reacting to what it is that you're publishing. So for example, we did a project with, with a client where we published a whole lot of pages, thousands and thousands of pages. On accident, they published pages that were blank and empty. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing how fast Google figured it out and just stopped crawling. Like it was mm -hmm. a mistake, but like within, 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 a, within a day, they just basically went from thousands of, of, of crawls to zero. Because they mm -hmm. instantly realize, oh, you screwed up. Something's bad here. So, so Google's at a place where they can tweak and dial up certain crawl index and rank factors without it being a penalty. So mm -hmm. one of the things I tell a lot of my clients, a lot of the projects I work on, I'm sure you do the same thing, Anatoly, is, a, hey, are you checking how frequently Google's crawling your site in Search Console? Mm -hmm. Are you are you using a third party tool to check like crawl rates for these new pages that you've just launched? Are they coming once a month? Are they coming once a day? And the re other thing is like, can you organically improve that over time? Can you do like right now? Google might come and crawl. I'm a really small website. Might crawl once or twice a week. Can I get that to every day? And can I get that to daily and multiple times a day? Like those are the types of behaviors you want to encourage your your clients and your business to be looking at because that's far more important than looking at, did I get this massive penalty? Did I, did I, mm -hmm. did I get away with the fact that I have this really crappy content and Google didn't mm -hmm. catch me? Like yeah, those, those Google, Google's fast at figuring those things out now. <laughs> so, so one of the things to, to answer your question, you're always thinking about your quality scores, eat YMYL. But mm -hmm. the way to measure that quality, the way, the way to measure Google's response to that is no longer with like this slap penalty. It's actually with like these reinforcements, these positive reinforcements of crawl rate, indexation rate of my pages, looking at your uh, experience uh, scores and, and identifying whether or not 
you actually are 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 um, seeing more of the, the 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 quality pages get get crawled and, and indexed. Yeah, got it. Yeah, valuable. You know, uh, uh, Bing has uh, this um, tool uh, um, that helps to uh, index ten thousand pages a day. You know, and Yandex uh, used this algorithm. It's no follow. I don't remember exactly the name of this tool. But uh, how to uh, force Google to index? many pages for example if you updated content on many pages and uh, if you submit uh, manually on google search console you can do it 10 times a day if, if i remember correctly how to uh, force google you know at that point that you need to re-index all my website especially when uh, some websites got uh, this hit and they want to overcome it uh, but uh, it's hard to tell google you know i updated content uh, that is Another part of the story, I don't know, uh, from your experience, how to do it? Well, I think that there's a couple of things. So basically what we're talking about here is discovery, right? Like how mm -hmm. is Google going to find the content, right? And like using an index now like feature or using yeah, site maps um, mm -hmm. yeah, or, or using internal links. Here's the reality. The first thing you need to understand is what's the maturity of my website? Mm -hmm. Right. Is this a brand new blog that's never before seen any crawl or index from Google? Or is this a 20 year old website that has millions of pages, half of which are garbage? Right. Like, like what kind of website are we dealing with? You need to know the maturity of your website because these different indexing tools can help you get the job done faster. In addition to that, you have you, you have to do the basics here. Right. You have to submit a sitemap, set up search console, submit a sitemap, get things going, right? Now, when we talk about more advanced tactics like leveraging internal linking or um, index now as a feature, <clears throat> the reality is that these are use cases that are have different drivers in terms of goals. So really quickly, when it comes to internal linking, your goal is to how can I improve my overall rank by getting faster indexation of new content or the right spread of link coverage of, of the important content I have? How do I maintain my rank position of content that I already know? And while at the same time, help Google find new pieces of content, whether it be new blog posts, new, new UGC, whatever it might be on your site. On the index now function, to answer your question more specifically about that, from my perspective, that's really about trying to identify certain blockers, right? Like I'm getting blocked somehow in getting the right content up. So I want to request Google to come and really figure out what's happening with this site. Right. And, and it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like tapping someone on the shoulder when you're trying to get them to move out of the way. Right. Like, Hey, excuse mm -hmm. me, I'm trying to get around. Like that's the way I look at the index now feature. And mm -hmm. I know that there's been a lot of other articles and topics around using it differently, but I think that it's very important for us to recognize that um, the, the, the basics is where everything starts with indexation, having a good sitemap, having good internal links, having the ability for Google to access your content. That If you don't have that checked off, it doesn't matter how many times you use index now, it's not going to get you anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, valuable. Um, I'm interested about uh, updating content for hundred thousand pages a lot of pages you know it's hard with uh, limited resources and um, for example many websites wanna get indexed with uh, 
a million pages, for example. And uh, it's interesting uh, how it helps with traffic. <laughs> if you index with them, it doesn't mean that you will get traffic. You know, uh, uh, do we need to force Google to index uh, many pages, or it's better to pay attention with priorities, for example, pages that will bring actually traffic? You know, because many websites usually get traffic from uh, I don't know 20% of pages. Uh, the principle of Pareto here, and uh, or uh, it's better to uh, force indexing for, uh, for, I don't know, if, for example, if some online shop has uh, a million pages, uh, many uh, goods, uh, items, anything else. Uh, what do you think from your experience? Uh, uh, how to handle the process? It's better to uh, force or uh, to, uh, to leave only pages where you actually want to get traffic? It's far better to focus on the areas of traffic. I mean, mm -hmm. today what I'm noticing, and to be really clear about this, and, and if, if you're an SEO and you're listening to this, to this video or, or the live event, it's so important in Search Console to be looking at your coverage reports mm -hmm. because there's oftentimes loads and loads of pages that are useless that Google is crawl, excuse me, crawling but not indexing. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is such a waste. It's a waste for your own site. But it's also a waste because it means that Google's going to give your site less attention in the future. Today, I look at I like to explain the coverage report as like the garage, right? Mm -hmm. Like the garage of your house. If you walk into the garage and it's a giant disaster, you're never going to find the hammer. You're never going to be able to park your car in there. You're never going to be able to find the pump to pump the bike tire. It's it's so frustrating, right? Like you have to have your garage organized in order to be able to find the right assets. So then to answer your question, Anatoly, a clean garage, a clean, capable site when it comes to uh, crawl and index allows you to send new pages to Google faster and get them indexed and ranked faster. And so the reality here is that the number one thing to be checking for is where are there pages that Google shouldn't be crawling? Pagination, useless um, uh, 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 parameter pages. Um, are there, are there just pages that we way too many redirects, right? Like all these scenarios are super important for SEOs to recognize and stop the bleeding of Google going at those pages more and more because it prevents you from getting new stuff into the index. And I think that's a tough lesson, especially for first time enterprise SEOs that are dealing with big, big websites with millions and millions of pages. It's something they don't ever bother to look at but it can be a huge win in terms of gaining index rank and traffic down the road. Uh, you know, actually you unhided secrets about my garage. You know, I need to go there to clean all this mess. Uh, yeah. It's hard Sorry to find to bring anything there. <laughs> so I will, I will. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about uh, creating a content strategy. How to do it today? Uh, I check out a few studies online that only 36% of all webmasters have uh, a documented content strategy. And most of them are uh, chasing uh, generic metrics, you know, high volume or uh, just open SEMrush, HRS, MOS, or any other tools. And they are looking for uh, generic keywords. You know, it's hard to compete with them because a thousand others compete with these keywords. And uh, even if we don't touch brands like Wikipedia, YouTube, Pinterest, many others that get this ranking without even chasing any keywords. Uh, how to find the right strategy uh, where you can outrank your competitors and uh, how to measure what kind of results you can get? 
Yeah, this is a phenomenal uh, topic and, and one that, you know, Anatoly, I think is really misunderstood by both SEOs and webmasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that, and I mean, honestly, if you like listen to this whole episode and this is the only thing you learn, awesome, because this is literally the biggest, pro- one of the biggest problems in the web space. And that is stop wasting your time doing tasks that are not mm-hmm. aligned to the company's goals. Content mm-hmm. strategy is about the company having having some alignment to what the company or, or the business wants to achieve. And what often happens is you get these SEOs who come in and say, oh, you don't have a blog, you need a blog. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, your content strategy, you're, you're in e-commerce, awesome. Build, I, I read on the internet that you need to have product descriptions and that's the only way you're gonna be successful. <laughs> that's just crazy. You, you need to understand what the company wants to achieve and then identify content tactics and strategies that are gonna help the company achieve that, right? And if, and if you know, having more visits to PDPs, product detail pages, is the core of the company's mission and strategy, then maybe adding content to PDPs is important, right? But like you have to align it to the company's goals and then build your content strategy and then get SEO to support it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just one, one last tip, one last tip on this. Mm-hmm. More often than not, the number one thing that SEOs can do when it comes to content strategy is avoid dictating what content you should do and go and optimize the content that's already there because you can spend a lot of your time optimizing what's already on the website and getting more benefit out of that and identifying what the future plan should be than trying to tell the company, go build articles, go build calculators, go write this or write that and get nothing out of it. And so like, it's so important to really go and revisit what you already have on the site and optimize for that. Nice, nice, yeah. I usually check out Google Search Console, uh, ranking positions. If I see ranking positions from uh, 10 to 20 or 30, yeah, uh, it's better to pay attention there because actually Google knows that uh, uh, you have some good content uh, on these pages because sometimes when you craft the best content, valuable content, uh, you might think about that, but Google can, can have another opinion. So uh, it's hard to uh, convince. And uh, uh, if you have some ranking positions uh, with, with any content, just think how, how to update, how to provide more backlinks. Uh, uh, let's talk about link building. Uh, we have a bunch of techniques, a lot of techniques, black hat SEO, white hat SEO, white hat SEO we can divide with many other techniques. Can you tell how to find the right strategy today? Uh, I mean, like link building strategy, uh, uh, let's imagine for e-commerce website. Oh man, good question. Uh, this is a hard one. Uh, and honestly, since, since, you know, the last two years, it's an area that I've been really learning a lot about is, is backlinking and what, what we should be doing or considering when it comes to backlinking. Uh, the first thing that I want to want to highlight is that uh, backlinking is, is not necessarily a strategy that everybody needs. I think that's mm-hmm. one, one misnomer is like, Oh, everybody needs to do backlinking. That's not true. Um, sometimes some companies already have great authority. They also have other mechanisms like PR and other tools at their disposal. Mm-hmm. But I really genuinely feel like one of the exercises that I've been recognizing that really helps is 
um, at a content level or at a page level, URL level, doing the backlink analysis of the number of backlinks your page has versus your competitor, finding the delta or difference, and then testing out whether increasing the number of backlinks improves traffic and performance. The, the thing that really is hard about backlinking is A, to do it at scale and B, to define the measurement. And the reality is if you can't do it at scale, at least measure the impact by seeing how many backlinks a competitor page has versus your page and getting more and seeing if you get more traffic. Because mm -hmm. then you'll know whether or not backlinks is a driver of success than just trying to throw more backlinks, more backlinks, more backlinks to your site in general. So uh, the important piece here is having a focused campaign, identifying your URLs, doing the baseline measurement, and then investing in the backlink strategy versus what I see a lot of people doing, just saying, I want more backlinks. Give me backlinks that, <laughs> that you learn nothing. You don't, you don't actually like understand anything and then implement a better backlink strategy in the future. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I agree with that. By the way, about PR campaigns, uh, I found that uh, they are, you know, uh, uh, for example, I check out a few websites and found they use uh, or provide these PR campaigns and uh, they get backlinks from Forbes, uh, CNN, many other recognizable websites and all these backlinks are no follow. But they rank well, you know. Um, so I think, uh, of course, no follow doesn't bring any. Uh, probably we don't know exactly. Yeah, but uh, Google uh, proclaims that uh, no follow doesn't bring uh, weight, but it brings uh, it creates brand awareness. You know, it it helps to improve your your money, your life, uh, the parameter eat authority. So yeah, it's important about no that. I agree with Absolutely. That. And, uh, you know, my, my loving link building strategy uh, is to create linkable content. <laughs> when you create yeah. linkable content, so if it helps to acquire new links, why not? It's better to pay attention there. You don't need yeah. to ask a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have a low authority website, right? Like if you have a brand new blog or brand new website, like doing some kind of awareness-based PR campaigning is super helpful just to take that really low authority site up to a level where any content you publish is now going to get crawled more frequently, is going to get ranked, maybe not in a traffic position, but at least getting ranked. And that's a really important effort in, 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 the, in the setup of a brand new website or blog. Yeah, nice. Uh, let's talk about creating content. Uh, how to measure uh, the quality of content? Uh, because uh, in most cases, it's subjective. Yeah, I can feel that, oh, my content is the best that uh, you can see today, you know, for, because uh, I'm biased with my content. When uh, I spent uh, so much time to create this content, I can't uh, judge <laughs> in the right way. What do you think about uh, measuring the quality? Because uh, many webmasters don't understand that uh, probably their competitors have much better content. It doesn't mean that your content is longer uh, and uh, it's much better quality. Can you tell from your experience how to measure this quality? That is a very challenging process. Uh, <laughs> Anatoly, I think that is not something that is like, oh, one plus one equals two. It's not that simple, right? Um, so first of all, I think you brought up a really good point in the question, which is, how much content, right? That's typically what we use today as the barometer for success is, do you have 1,000 words or 2,000 words? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that doesn't work. It, it hasn't for 
basically ever really mm-hmm. worked. It's not really a score. That's not the score that Google uses is just the number of words on the page. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really important is to, when it comes to content quality, is to map the user expectation of the page with content type. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is, um, and, and, and there are tools out there, SEMrush and other tools, search metrics, others that use intent-based data to tell you like what kind of content this is. Is it, is it transactional? Is it, is it, is it informational? Is it navigational? It's super important to map the type of content to, um, to the, 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 the quality of it. Right. And, 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 and the other metrics that are associated to it. So, so what do I mean by that? Okay. If, if we want to have a transactional page, we want to have a page that's like selling something, there's probably going to be less words per average for a transactional page than an informational page that's informing us. That's an article or a guide or, or some sort of wiki page. Those are going to be much longer than a product transactional page. So that knowledge helps you then inform and define your content metrics for quality, which can include to some degree length, but also it's usually the type, the style, the tone. But again, and, and this is the main takeaway here because I don't want to lose people on this topic. It is you have to identify what is the purpose of the content. And, and a lot mm-hmm. of this has a lot more to do with like conversion rate optimization than it does with SEO, which is am I trying to sell something? Am I trying to get a lead? Am I trying to like what am I trying to do with the content and then make a decision on quality metrics to measure that content on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the question from uh, Sagara. Hi, Jordan. I have a tech blog recently created a year back. What all things I should focus on? I focus on keywords, keyword difficulty, internal links, backlinks, images created by myself, captions around uh, one, two thousand words. Yeah, <laughs> we discussed about that page. Uh, four, five head- headings. I get 10,000 users a month. Please suggest or guide. Yeah, I mean, one of the, well, first of all, I think that this is, um, you have a great foundation here already, right? Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're focusing on a lot of great things, keywords, keyword topics, backlinks, um, investing in images. I don't know a lot about your site, but one of the things that I would focus on if you have this level of maturity with your content already is what kind of structured data can I leverage? And what kind mm-hmm. of structured data elements can I introduce to gain more traffic? FAQs, right? Mm-hmm. That, that could be something depending on the type of site you have. Reviews. Look, I mean, Google just updated this product review update. Um, if you have better value reviews than many competitors, that could be very valuable. So go look at structured data and is there something that you can introduce on your blog um, within the article schema or whatever schema you're using to gain more footprint, to gain more uh, attraction with your audience, as you asked, mm-hmm. as well as click-through rate from the SERP because you obviously are already ranking. The other thing that I always recommend um, blogs who have been around, you said it's been around for about a year. Um, One of the really important things to go and revisit is how are you internally linking to your content? Have Mm -hmm. you changed your main nav, main nav, um, your, your related blog post carousel? What's the logic? Are you just most recently published? Because most recently mm-hmm. published might not be as useful now because you've been around for a year. So mm-hmm. discovery is already happening through your sitemap or other mechanisms. You might want to actually put most popular blog posts and see if it gets you more traffic. 
right? Mm -hmm. So those are some of the, and these are simple changes in WordPress. And then you can go into search console and see if you're getting any more traffic or rank improvement to those, to those uh, blog posts. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Let's talk about, uh, blogging. Um, because you know, um, um, I get the question, uh, do I need to, uh, to write my blog post if uh, I have e-commerce content. I know it's a broad question, you know, we can cover our audience, but people uh, wanna know, it's important today or some websites can skip if they are not good with blogging, they have no time to uh, create these uh, guides, tutorials and create this type of content and pay attention only with uh, e-commerce content. What do you think? Yeah, so this is a, this is a tricky question because the reality is, um, what are you willing to invest to hit the company's goals, your, your, your core goals? The reality is a blog is a great tool, but what I see a lot of, and I'm sure you do too, Anatoly, I see a lot of companies who start a blog and then never keep updating. And I, and I go visit the blog and the last blog post was in like August of 2021. It's like, okay, well, who, who cares? Yeah. Right. Blogs, blogs, blogs are like cars. You got to take care of them. You got to change the oil. You got to change the brakes. You got to change the tires. And if you don't do that, then guess what? It's going to yeah. be useless. It's not going to work. And so yeah. you have to keep investing in blogs in order for them to be successful and useful for your overall brand and footprint. Uh, the yeah. other thing that's really important, and I would take this for everybody who's listening, this is super, super important. If you have a multi-content strategy, so like your question, Antonio, you got a product site or e-commerce site, you've got product pages and all that, and then you have a blog. You have a multi-content strategy, different types of content. Set different goals for that content, mm -hmm. right? Your blog content is going to rank and drive traffic differently than your product pages. Set different goals. Most of the time, we only focus on an overarching goal. Oh, I want to get more traffic. Mm -hmm. Great. But like if you want to get more traffic to the blog, that means you have to be publishing a certain amount of time, optimizing a certain amount of time, investing a certain amount of time in that. If you want to get more traffic to your product pages, you got to invest a certain amount of time, energy, updates, content. So like you have to set different goals. And depending on what those goals are, you can invest time and energy and content production differently. So that's just an important thing for, for, your, for our listeners to like take away is that different content types means different goals. Nice, nice. Yeah, love it. Uh, Okay, let's talk about uh, writing, actually writing. Um, you know, um, for example, uh, I have clients, uh, big clients, uh, com big companies, million dollar companies, uh, everything is fine there. They want to cover uh, SEO. Uh, it's interesting that they have no SEO traffic, <laughs> but they have strong brand recognition. Uh, but, you know, uh, when I uh, create content plan, they reply to me, we have no experience with writing. Uh, we need to pay attention to develop, innovate our products because uh, our niche is so competitive. Our competitors are not waiting when uh, 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 we are waiting uh, for something else, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, how to find good copywriters today? How to find writers mm -hmm. who will uh, can write awesome content? For example, if I go to Upwork, submit the request, I usually get 100 uh, replies. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, I check out the reviews. Yeah, they have good ratings, nice feedback. But when I order this text, it's nonsense, you know, uh, nothing special, <laughs> just rewriting. Can you tell how to find the writers who can uh, lead uh, content in the right direction? Yeah. Well, Anatoly, I'm also looking for the fountain of youth. 
so that I can stop getting older and start getting younger. So uh, when you find that, please tell me because I think we can combine these things together here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's the reality. Finding, finding good writers is hard work. It really genuinely is. And unfortunately, as SEOs in particular, we've gotten really lazy. And what we think finding a good writer is, is going to Upwork or going to Fiverr or going to one of these marketplaces, putting in a request and ta-da, I found my good writer. That's bullshit. Excuse my language. I hope that there's no little kids listening. But like that is literally bullshit. That's not how you find good writers. Uh-huh. You really have to spend the time to source people based on experience. And you have uh-huh. to develop a checklist of experience questions. So one of the things that we do when we help our clients find writers is we'll, we we will dis, we will do the, the questioning around what are the SEO, what's the SEO uh-huh. knowledge that the person has. But oftentimes the client is also saying, does this person have experience with finance and accounting or whatever it might be the topic, right? Or is this person right now I'm helping a client figure out how to find writers who are experts in the automotive category, right? Mm-hmm. Like that are, that are real um, automotive experts that really know about how cars are built and what different makes and models and the history of cars that have that knowledge. The reality is that it, the experience of a writer isn't what you've written in the past. It's the knowledge that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the important piece, right? It is like really – and there's Ben Shapiro always giving me a lot of hard time. <laughs> he yeah. actually knows my mother, so he could probably tell her. That's, <laughs> that's the crazy part. Um, so so uh, the reality is that you really have to – define what is experience. Experience isn't looking at a portfolio of past written content, reading it and going, oh, that's good. To your point, going on Upwork and seeing what the ratings are in the past work. It's actually knowing that this person has studied, researched, and understands that category, that segment, whether it be finance, medical, automotive, you know, product, shoes, and clothing reviews, right? Like, you really need to know if that person has the depth of knowledge, right? And like a golden rule, right? They say this golden rule. Like if you spend 10,000 10, hours in a topic or a subject, like you and I have probably spent more than 10,000 hours in the SEO world. So we understand it. And that is, that's awesome. That's great, right? We're experts in SEO. Well, your content person has to have spent 10,000 hours in the topic that, that yeah. you want them to write about. And so that's really identifying experience and knowledge. Um, and, and this is very different than the conversation of content at scale. I mean, that's a totally different animal. But if you're looking for someone who really knows it's a subject and is an expert at writing it, you really need to go through that discovery process of identifying what their experience and knowledge is. Yeah, 100%. I remember uh, we spent three months to search for a good copywriters for one project. And what we did, we uh, created a list of all bloggers Uh, who uh, write about this niche, check out their uh, metrics, uh, comments, shares, uh, organic reach. Then uh, we reach out to a hundred of them. Uh, 50% of them uh, didn't reply. 45% replied with some crazy prices, but 5%, yeah, they replied, okay, I'm, yeah, I want to do it. Let's let, let's cooperate. And yeah, we got uh, two copywriters uh, for this project and uh, we spent three months, you know, to uh, to search for them, to uh, reaching out, to analyze. So yeah, it's hard work. I agree with you. 
That's awesome. It's, it's exactly what, I'm, what we're talking about here in terms of finding good writers. It's hard work. It's not just going to Upwork and ta -da. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the future of SEO. Uh, what mm -hmm. kind of future uh, can you feel? Uh, for example, um, uh, I often uh, read some reviews that SEO is dead or uh, uh, Metaverse will kill SEO soon. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> can you reply to these questions? Yeah. I mean, hey, th these are all funny questions. I, I did an April Fool's joke saying that SEO was dead and, and some people didn't like my joking. But anyway, um, here's the reality. SEO is more alive than ever before. SEO is going to evolve. I think that the next frontier for us here as SEOs is that it's going to become um, some components of our work are going to become more automated and more experiment based. And what I mean by that is things like title testing, things like headings and me measuring headings are going to become more experiment based than opinion based or keyword research based. There still might be some research that inputs into the experiments, but it's constantly a, in, an environment that you're testing and changing, right? That's one trend that I see happening. The other trend is just around automation and just leveraging automation to do things faster. So we just talked about content. I think content is one of the spaces where we're going to have see a lot more automation and, and AI to, to programmatically create certain types of content and certain types of information. And the players that are able to match that automated content with good experiences are going to win, right? That's mm -hmm. the key. How do you map these things together to have a good page experience, to have a good outcome for the user is going to be critical. And the, 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 the last trend that I think is going to be very interesting, and this is more like five, six years from now, is we're going to see a multi-device experience that goes beyond just mobile and desktop. I think that mm -hmm. in about really three to four years from now, we're going to start to see a whole new introduction of devices leveraging Google-based search and other types of search um, or even metaverse type experiences to do searches because search is really about knowledge. It's about learning something, get, getting something, gaining some sort of insight. And that, that experience isn't going to go away. It's just going to evolve into these new, new platforms. Yeah, you know, uh, I want to see this future, you know, when uh, we get new guides, how to optimize for Hamlet or uh, for glasses, you know. Yeah, it's interesting because today we have for desktop, mobile, yeah. Interesting to know. Okay, uh, I have the final question about uh, can you lead our audience how to uh, learn more about SEO today? Uh, what they need to do? Because, you know, many people want to be an expert like you uh, and uh, they don't know where to go. Uh, from your experience, uh, which way is better to learn SEO and how to improve the skills? Yeah, learning SEO is 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 really a big challenge these days. And I think one of the one of the things that's really important is that there are a ton of online resources to start helping with the education process. Um, you know, my team and I at, at Previsible, we, we're trying to build online education resources. And there are many others that have been built out there to help people learn how to do SEO. Also, I think it's really important that these learning tools give you a foundation. So they give you like a base of knowledge around the mechanics or the tactics or the, 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 the strategies that you need to use to do SEO. But then to layer on top of that, you need to start leveraging things like what we're doing right now, doing live events or, or podcasts. Like I'm also a, a host and, and a guest on the Voices of Search podcast. Like being in those places 
and consuming information and knowledge is absolutely critical to the arc of how you grow and learn, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing though, I really want to make very clear here is individuals need to make sure that they're spending the time to train themselves because SEO is still a place where you can't go and open a book and learn about it. And I know that there's a few books that have been published about SEO and I've read many of these books and I'm not here to say that they're bad, but mm -hmm. there is no, like, there's no real training. I know great SEOs who study journalism. I know great mm -hmm. SEOs who studied finance. I know great SEOs who are computer scientists. There is no like college degree that you sh shoot out of. And all of a sudden you're the best SEO in the world. That doesn't, that doesn't happen. It really requires you as an individual to want to train yourself. And there are a couple things that you can do around that online courses, start building your own stuff, start creating your own website, start tinkering and messing around with, with different types of code. One of the things that I, I encourage a lot of new SEOs to go and do, take a course on JavaScript, take, mm -hmm. a, take an online course on, on, on CSS. And you want to know why? Because you're going to use it all the time in technical SEO. And you, the last thing you want to be doing is going, what is it? What is that? You don't want to be caught off guard, not know it. And so there are, there are so many resources online to help you get the base and then to, to, to get even better, to become more of an expert, start joining groups in places like this um, and, and listening to, to podcasts like Voices of Search and, and joining live events like this, because that's where you're going to gain the extra, um, the extra knowledge and, and become more of an expert. Yeah, by the way, Benjamin Shapira has two podcasts, you know, Mark and Voices of Search. All of them are great. That yeah. is correct. That is correct. Yeah, sure I love his podcast because, uh, you know, he's very consistent and can invite awesome guests. So, yeah, why not? Uh, uh, from my experience, it's better to uh, learn from many resources. Don't think that one course or one book can lead you in the right direction. It's better to read blogs, uh, take part in communities, uh, and do whatever you want. It's better to uh, choose your format. For example, I love reading blogs. Someone uh, likes uh, to watch videos. That's okay. You, know, you can learn from this type of content, so it's up to you. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Jordan. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show. Um, uh, Thanks for uh, replying to all these questions uh, that people ask and uh, my questions. Uh, uh, tell how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, please. Um, you know, um, my, my, my company's website is previsible.io. Um, also, you can find me on LinkedIn under Jordan Cooney. K-O-E-N-E -E is my last name. Uh, and I think those are the two best places to, to connect and reach out. By all means, feel free to to, to ask me questions in LinkedIn, I respond and, 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 I, and I'd love to, love to hear from the community. Nice, nice. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Google, Apple, Spotify. Thanks again for your time, you know, for all your insights. It's, it's a big pleasure to learn from you. Likewise. Yep. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.